0: what up squad hopefully you guys are having a great day welcome to the adapt session sponsored by fitness mindset personal training adapt session where we have intrinsic convos on mindset exercise and life's ever-changing experiences we're gonna kick off where we left off last week for the moral dilemma episode with denise mcnair so listen to part two hope y'all enjoy it thank you
1: hypocrisy possibly
0: a lot of a lot of
2: hypocrisy (laughs) (laughs) and it kind of just goes back to you were asking i don't know man like it seems like it's so hypocritical to say oh well all lives matter or you can't kill the baby and then when the baby is born if it comes out the wrong if it comes out with something that you don't like then you just yeah
1: it's a crap baby yeah, I mean, I've seen that. I've seen babies come out addicted to drugs. I've seen people who have all kinds of circumstances, and things happen with babies, and nobody wants those babies. All lives matter until it's difficult.
2: Yeah, so I
1: I, my, I pose this question to people in your audience and even farther when you. Say all you know, you're pro life, and life begins at inception. And we have thousands of kids in this country in foster care struggling. Put your money where your mouth is, go help those kids, go adopt those kids. Don't just sit in your church pew and pray about those kids, go get those kids and help them live a productive life. That's the challenge. I find that many, many of these folks who stand up with waving their pro-life flags now, try to hear both sides of the story, but this is a provocative podcast, so I'm tossing it out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I challenge you to say, what are you doing other than preaching to people who are trying their best to take care of thousands of children? that nobody wants. Nobody, they're in institutions because nobody wants to take that challenge on. So wave your flag or go get some of those kids. Spend your money, do your thing. Get out there, put your flag where your mouth is when you wave your pro-life flag.
2: Yeah, if you're gonna be shaming the kids when, one of the reasons why those kids are also getting aborted too, is because it came out of rape. It came out of a traumatic experience.
1: Maybe it just came out of ignorance.
3: Yes. Like
2: you, there's a million you know, reasons that, that that
1: happens. You know. I, I, like I said, I had a baby at 15. Abortion was not an option for me because my pa- 1973 one, you had to have par- parental um, consent. I had to have parental consent. My mother was a devout Catholic there was that was not going to happen and i'm sure my parents had this as a moral dilemma because me i get knocked up baby daddy not ideal uh <laughs> i'm very headstrong i'm not willing to consider giving my daughter up so my parents said well you out then you can come home with that baby can't you got to put her up for adoption did they, did they not, did they love me? Sure, they were out of options in their mind. However, however, I had no clue how to raise this baby. I was lucky I had guardian angels and people helping me along the way, and things worked out great, my daughter and I are super tight. But my point is that had something been wrong with my daughter, wasn't, but had there been something, had she been autistic or had a birth defect or something, I wouldn't have no clue what to do. Her life would not have gone incredibly well with a 15-year-old mom in a home for for indigent women with no money. Um, And there's a lot of people in that circumstance. So we in America love to preach about all these children and all these lives that matter. But we don't want to do anything. We don't want to make those lives better. We don't want to make those teachers pay equal. So when they're teaching these children, well, there's so many things we're jaw jacking about when it comes to pro life. And then you look at the state of affairs. You get down and dirty into the muck of what goes on in America, and you will see. Well, if they matter so much, put your money where your mouth is how can we have so many children in this country that is so great hungry every day how does that even happen but we got a lot of tanks and we got a lot of warmongers and we got a lot of people who you know think we should be investing more in military might and chest puffing but what? there's a huge percentage thousands of kids hungry every day shame on us so, and shame on all of the folks that are out there preaching about how much life matters. So, let, let me give you a,
2: a story here. So, I used to be, um, I used to take a psychology class, and my professor was um, a clinical psychologist, and he also taught. And he gave us a story. He he was talking about what you're doing right now, where he, he was going on a rant about. Um, people are pro-life, people are pro-this, but if the kid
1: isn't... wasn't a rant.
2: Well, yeah, it was. Kind of sorry. <laughs> he went, no, but he went, on a, he went on a tirade in the class, and, I, and honestly, I gained a lot of respect for him because he just kept on going, he just kept on talking about how we, as a society, we're like, oh, all, like, the, the lives are married, don't kill the kids, don't do this, don't do that. But when the kids come out as minorities, when the kids come out as gay, that we do nothing. And he and he said that he one of the reasons why he worked with juvenile children over at the uh, over at the juvenile hall and he worked with them was because he knew by working with them he was one of the few sources of love that they had. Yeah. So he goes. So he gives us the story of this one kid who was who was awarded, who, who was arrested for murder. Nobody wanted to talk to him because he was this punk. Nobody wanted to talk to him because he was this street rat. I went and talked to him. And he says, you want to know the reason why he did that? You want to know the reason why he was li- He was looking to get into the gang? You, know, you want to know why? Because the gang leader said that if you do this, if you kill that person, I'll love you. Hmm. And he says... That's- and he says to doc, and my my professor Dr. Dr. Day Terry Day, he he says Dr. Day that's the, that's what I he said, I just wanted to be loved, and he said that's how I can get his love. But well, like, that yeah, but that's not love, you
1: know that right? I, that's a manipulation.
2: That's manipulation, but it's one of those things where like these kids are so by themselves. Yeah. They're so lonely. They they want yeah. that sense of belonging. They yeah. want that love. Yeah. You feel yeah. It to, to the him.
1: point of to the point of people do not step up and take care of those kids.
2: Exactly. Not creating that's a path.
1: Not creating and, a different path. And he
2: and, and that's why I give respect to, to that professor because he he knew that he was a source of love for these guys, for these, for these kids. Because he listened to them. And he, would, and he said that because of that, they felt that he, he gave them a sense of belonging. And that's something that, it's a psychological need for everybody. We need that sense of belonging. We need that love. So these kids who everyone, like the people that you were just calling out there are like, oh, these, are, these kids are punks. These kids are street rats. No, it's like they, they're just looking for someone to love them. Yeah.
1: No kid wants to be a street rat you don't start there. No No two year old says, I want to grow up and be a thug. No, because there's not enough alternatives and and pathways. I mean, I don't know. I can go, I've seen a lot of stuff with kids in my life and my own personal experience. And and the flip side is people will say to me, well, then you got to be pro abortion. I'm like, I'm pro intelligence. What are you going to do? You can say that, but what are we going to do? stop talking and do something to make it better. You know, because the, the, the response that I get a lot of times when I unfortunately go off in my, uh, well, it's not even unfortunately, I go off in my rant because this is personal to me. I, um, the, the one thing I get is, well, you are either pro-life or pro-choice and pro-choice is pro-abortion. And I'm like, that's a very narrow perspective. Pro-choice is creating choice for everybody, even the kids. Yes. Right. Even the kids. I find it very interesting that a lot of the, and, and and women out there, you're going to relate to this. A lot of the people that are the loudest squawkers about pro-life are men. Are men for their own personal, whatever reasons, you know, I'm not, I'm not stereotyping the reasons, but I find it very interesting that there was a, a, a commentary recently about somebody saying, uh, it had to do with COVID, and it was a guy and it was a senator, and how dare you tell me what to do with my body, and blah, blah, blah. And, and all the women chimed in and said, Really? You want to tell everybody, all these women, what to do with their bodies? What are you talking about, you hypocrite? And so there's so many I mean this is one of these things uh, where i I don't know the right or wrong answer to it I know that in the dilemma and in the debate there are children there are real children in this with lives and may end the flip side if I if I look at the other side of it there are potential children that aren't even here yet that that could have lives, and if they are born, what are we going to do to ensure that those lives, the potential of those lives is met? When you talk about this country, and you talk about education, and you talk about hungry kids and opportunity, regardless of color, regardless of all the things that we choose to divide us, sexual orientation or gender, men versus women, or whatever it is, uh, what are we going to do to ensure that the potential that is within every life that is brought into this is met? And that's really the argument I have. I'm not pro-abortion, I'm Pro choice—that we each make a choice every day—to help kids meet their potential—and like that's the, the, right—and well, that's the tough part. Joseph, chime in here. You have personal experience, well, not with abortion necessarily. I don't mean to imply that, but but I know you have an opinion.
0: Uh, I actually do have some personal experience uh, with abortion, actually. Okay, um, Let me hear that yeah you i'm you may have forgotten, but I've shared the story with you um, No, I know
1: the story I want you to tell it, but I don't want to ask you to tell it
0: gotcha No, I, definitely i- i appreciate that you respecting that fact um uh, so like like you when my mother got pregnant with me, she was very young uh sixteen seventeen I don't remember the exact age, but it was about there um and uh she had the choice right so For anybody listening out there, I am pro-choice. And I happen to be a baby that could have been aborted. Um, My mom chose to have me. Um, Now, with that being said, she had me to uh, some unfortunate circumstances that were going on in her life at the time. Um, Now, the reason why I'm I'm pro-choice is because the fact that my mother had me at such a young age, she struggled a lot she struggled a lot and uh you know but she had spoken to my grandmother and they decided like kind of like your mom Denise my grandmother's very uh very uh strong Catholic woman mm. she believes in that wholeheartedly um and uh based on that my grandmother said no you're gonna have this baby and my mom was just thinking about it but when I spoke to my mom about it you know and I believe her she, she told me in her heart she never she never uh, had it in her to have an abortion, right now, with that being said, that's her choice. If there are other young women in the same circumstances or even worse circumstances that my mother was fortunate enough to have my grandma in her life to help her, yeah. there's other young women who don't have that, and for them, abortion may be the best thing instead of bringing a baby into Uh, a a difficult a very very difficult life maybe even having to give that baby up for adoption and then having all these kids in foster care or or you know foster homes like you were just talking about but then you have these other people who are pro-life but they pay those children no mind so how are you pro-life if you pay those children no mind yet you're telling women again this is my opinion but you're telling women that abortion is wrong when you haven't walk the day in their shoes. Right. You're gonna tell them what to do with their body. So with that being said, and me again being being born to those circumstances, if my mother decided to not have me, let's just say that. I'm grateful for my life. I'm I'm glad I'm here because she decided to. If she decided not to, like me being who I am today, I wouldn't be mad at her. Like I would understand. But but she struggled a lot to have me, you know, to take care of me. And I understand again once again that other women uh may be worse off uh, and may not have the means to go through that struggle, may not have some sort of support system to go through that struggle. So I a am, lot of women no a lot of women Yeah, yeah. So because of that I am pro choice. That's my opinion. I think it's on a case by case basis. Um I think they I I truly believe no women, no woman would purposely, quote unquote, kill their baby. Yeah. Right. Any good woman, any sane woman would not do that. That's, that's a part of you. That is your child. You know, that's a, that's a bond that women have, honestly, that men don't with their kids. Men develop a a different type of bond that I've personally seen over the years with their children as their children grow. But women have a completely different special bond because that baby is developing with inside your body. Right. You're you're sharing you with that baby. My mom did that for me, right? But yeah. again, I I would not be upset with her if she decided not to. And yeah. because of that, I believe that no woman is purposely having babies, getting pregnant, and then killing them off. Who who's doing that? No. Yeah,
1: intentionally.
0: Yeah, no no nobody's. Yeah, I think her. I'm gonna get
1: knocked up so I can go get an abortion.
0: Exactly, and and this whole notion of of I'm um, pro life. That's how they try to make it seem, right? That's that's what they that's the uh the perception that they want to give everybody and that's not true so yeah. that's yeah i
1: agree with you on that,
0: having, that been,
1: having been around a lot of women um early on at uh booth home and just seeing the struggles and there was girls in there younger than i i was 15 there was a couple of 13 year olds in there that were incestuous relationships, lots of, I mean, lots of conditions that led these women to, to Booth home, and lots of women who couldn't get in. There was a waiting list a mile long to get into Booth. I, once again, to our other topics, I got jumped to the front of the line. I don't know exactly uh, how that happened, but there was people fighting for me in my corner um, who were basically strangers to me that were trying to help me. My family had tossed me, but um, I had teachers. I had a guidance counselor. Um, I had a, a sister from the school that I went to, one of the nuns that were manipulating things behind the scene for me. Mm. But having that experience of women who who were put in circumstances um and and they had no other choices you know I don't know people say to me well what would have happened if you would have been able to have an abortion you wouldn't have your daughter and you know I don't know I can't speculate on what would have happened I don't I can't predict what my life would have been Mm -hmm. um I know you know you only know what you know the rest is fantasy and I, I I don't even really speculate on that, but I do know that not everybody had or has the people that I've had in my corner, and when I think about the thirteen year old girl that was raped in an incestuous relationship and being forced to have a baby i mean I, I guess you could argue that that's okay.
3: Hm.
1: You know, she wasn't going to keep that baby. She was going to end up in foster she was going to end up in foster care because she couldn't go home. You know, I mean more more stories like I mean I, I could go on for an hour on stories about situations where women have been put there and you say, you know, well, the right to life, you can't possibly. That's a life and, you know, I don't know maybe it's just a fertilized seed at some point and you know i i just think you can't you can't blanket
0: no that. you can't
1: you can't just say it's this i can't i'm pro-choice to the core
3: um,
2: i mean I, there's
1: not there's not a cell in my body that's not pro-choice for women
2: i'm, I'm pro-choice myself you know because my mom had my older brother too at 16 17 years old so i mean it's it's a struggle, you know, and um a lot of and and you mentioned like people going having their extreme extreme versions of like oh um let's uh l- let us just go out and have abortions. It's like no, nobody wants to have an intention of abortion. That's one of the dumbest yeah, things. Yeah, it's
1: not exactly a picnic.
2: No,
3: yeah.
1: Yeah, it's like yeah.
2: like when are you when are you ever gonna hear someone say, you know what, I'm bored today, let's go have an abortion. But it's a lot of those same people are also the same ones that are saying the looters, the rioters, the rioters the looters and the protesters are the same people.
3: Yeah,
2: calling yeah. out right now. That it's just those well, are the same People
1: that are let's, saying. Let's flip the topic a little. Let's go to the topic you brought up: looting, looting, and protesting. What? What are your thoughts on that? where, I mean, I'm clearly in the Black Lives Matter camp. I believe in everybody's right to protest. Uh, once again, my rights end where yours begins. So if I'm a store owner, I believe you do not have the right to smash that window and steal that stuff.
3: I agree, uh, yeah.
1: Right, now I'm gonna take a bigger picture peaceful protest has been going on in this country forever we've been marching we've been waving our flags we have been um, we have been dissident in a very organized and nonviolent manner for years since the beginning of the country we are still battling the same issue of racism still I don't Other than there's not slavery in this country anymore, some of the conditions that hold people of color in poverty are exactly the same as they were 100 years ago. But we have peacefully protested. I have this, I mean, I think there's opportunists that will steal the your shoes off your feet if you turn your back, regardless of protesting or reasons, they just are gonna loot. Mm
3: -hmm.
1: Taking Uh Taking that element out, there's people that are just bad eggs and they're gonna steal, if you leave it out, they're stealing it for whatever reason, they're opportunists. So take that piece away. Because we haven't gotten very far with peaceful protests, And we could go another 200 years peacefully protesting and probably still be having this conversation. When does that become an ineffective tool? And and right now we're at this crossroads of deciding this. When do we have to step it up a notch? Is that now and is that what's happening versus just opportunists stealing things? That's the question I'm posing.
0: um i would say um i agree with you that there are always just opportunists pe- pe- people willing to do those things for their benefit and their benefit alone and to be clear those opportunists come from all different types of backgrounds yes okay it's not just one group of people as people would yeah. like to to put a label on that right
1: yeah.
0: on a particular group of people no it's there it's a bunch of people different backgrounds they're just opportunists that just want to come up for themselves and for their people, kind of what you, like you were saying earlier, Denise. Um, and I also believe that there's people of many different backgrounds. Also, the majority are good people, peacefully protesting, you know, demanding change since this has been going on for so long and there really hasn't been change, right? They may uh, they may give you us a, a little uh, some symbolism, right? Like for example, the Black Lives Matter Muro um, in uh, Washington, D.C., right in front of the White House, right? Okay, cool. So they allow that, but what, what does that really do? What is that changing in our society, right? Are you, putting, are, are you actually making social change for the entire country that everybody has to abide by, right? Like, um, you know, you spoke earlier about that, about that man. I don't know all the details, honestly, but the video says it all. Right, going to his car to check on his kids, and he gets shot in the back because they assume he's going for a weapon. Right. On the other hand, you have a group of people that walk to their state's capital with firearms, um, you know, bulletproof vests. Basically, just yeah. just you know, a militia dressed up in war attire with weapons. Right, automatic rifles go to their state capitol and demand that they open barbershops so they can get a haircut. <laughs> and, and and you're and you're gonna tell me you're gonna tell me that that people are treated equally in this <sighs> community?
2: Yes, right. In the cops' faces and they're yelling at the cops and the cops are doing that. It, yeah,
0: you know, I, I'm that group that 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 militia group of people that went to their state's capital yelling in the in the police officers' faces and. These police officers were of many different colors also, yeah. uh, but yelling in their faces with holding rifles, okay, Auto- automatic, automatic rifles, assault rifles, They're, they just, you know, get let go, talk to. Nobody gets arrested for doing that. As, as far as I'm concerned, right, and, and you guys can chime in and let me know if I'm wrong, to me, that looks like uh, that, th- that, that group of people um, is threatening the state capitol, the people in it, and the police officers with those rifles are pro- yelling at them. You know, protesting that they need. How well, a- was that?
1: How many people in that group were white?
0: Most uh, of them, right. all of them, but, all, uh, they were all white. <laughs> and right? the-
1: I mean, that's my, I, 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 That's a. That's a, a, a. Not. That's a silly question because I know the answer, but I'm making the point. Yep. yeah That yep. Uh, it goes back to my point of how you know. Double standard: peaceful protests versus um, taking it up a notch, right? Well, the kid that just walked through and yeah, shot about the, about the white kid the with the AK, yeah, the white guy with the AK forty-seven, and they're holding the i are just watching
2: him walk by and he yeah. shoots. Yeah, and you're
1: and, okay. Can you imagine if that kid was black? He would have been dead one second. Down, done
2: not deal. Even a second, not even a second. That even done deal. Long. Now,
1: but this kid's getting held up as a hero. Yeah. By certain not everybody, I think I I think that's that's I'm being stereotypical and not fair, but there are factions that are saying, Well, he was seventeen. Oh my god, he made a boo-boo. Really? He had an AK forty seven shooting people in the street. It's There's a little probably, bit more than bad judgment. Some of them are calling him a national treasure
2: because he did that. It's like
1: Well, and I and I get that. And, and I get that.
2: And it's kinda like one of those things where it's like really people like
1: People of color can get shot for peacefully protesting, but militias can storm a state capitol because they're full of white guys and nothing happens.
2: So look at Dylan Roof, man. He killed freaking nine people at a church, right? Something like that. And instead of arresting him, they arrested him and they took it to King.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, and, I, and that's, I know these are broad brush statements because I'm sure, that, um, you know, not not every white per- militia person who's, you know, wearing their banana clips in and in an assault rifle is going to come out of it alive, but I think they have a better chance, and that just sucks. So when do we get done with all the peaceful protesting that has got us nowhere, right? Now, this is coming from a 63-year-old white chick who's been through a lot of stuff yeah. and seen race rioting and all this. I'm just saying there comes a time when you when we have to look at internally in this country and address all of the stuff that put us here and we're still here. We're still here. Yes. People can ride buses and yes, you know, schools are somewhat integrated. Although you have factions now that are trying to make charter schools so they can put, you know, their kids in, they want, you know, it all, you know, there's, it's still the same stuff. It's hundreds of years later and we're still doing the same shit. When you, what, how do we get from here to there? And people are, you know, how many protests are going on right now? I mean, I think I think the potential for progress is probably better now than it's been in many many years.
3: I'm going
2: to tell you this right now, and maybe it's because I'm biased and because I, I'm in an area that's really liberal and they're very or they're very it's very progressive and it's very um, woke, as they like to say but I really look at our generation, the millennials and the generation after. Most of us are aware of what's happening. Yeah. And we were aware of it in high school. A lot of people of my area of, that are younger are aware of it at a younger age as well. I'm really thinking, I, I think sooner, if you notice like this is nothing against the Republican Party and some people are going to get mad at what I'm about to say. The Republican Party for the most part are is an older generation. So if you look at if you look at if you look at the stats like it shows, the majority of them are a little on the older side. That's not to say that they're not they're not all older. I'm just saying that a majority yeah. of them are in the other side. So <clears throat> what I what I think is gonna end up what I see happening. And this is not, all oh, it's a Democrat saying that this, no, 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 no. Because I think both dem- the two-system party, the two-party system, Democrats, Republicans, I think in the next 20 years, especially as our generations get a little more, um, grow into more power, I think those two parties really start to disintegrate. I, start, I think we start to see more of the minority parties come into as well. I really do. I, I, I hope so. I, 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 I would, really I think would, so.
1: I would love to see the <laughs> politics of this nation reflect the people of this nation, mm. right? Yep. W- uh, women and people of color and Native Americans. And if you look out and you see, you know, we're, we're women are making some progress there, but not enough. And there's not enough... <laughs> You know the population is such a broad mix of people, but politics and the people who are making these decisions don't- don't look like the population um now we put them there, right? We elect these folks and uh, somebody look. once told me somebody once told me, Denise, we have the government we deserve because we put them there.
3: Mm.
1: you know, if you don't vote, shut up, yeah. You've, you've abdicated your responsibility, you know, for everybody out in blog land, vote, 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 whatever side you're on, whatever your position, do not abdicate your right to vote, vote it, get out, do, you know, it's going to be a tough year for voting because they're, you know, the fear mongering about getting your vote by mail or going or, Put all that aside and figure out a way to make your vote count.
2: By the way, you guys could also go to your local uh place like City Hall and you could drop it off right there. Yes, I mean, so you guys yes. can.
1: There there's there's no will cool be an opportunity, there'll be opportunity to vote. Vote, take the extra step, get your vote in because it's true. We have the government we deserve because we elected. Now, you know, there's Different states and different people are gonna do things and California is known for its bastion of liberalism. Uh, I'm fortunate. I've traveled a lot in this country and I've traveled around the world. Um, It always amazes me. And I am not unpatriotic by any stretch. I love this country. I'm blessed to have been born here and live my life here. And I love this country but I cannot legitimately sit here having traveled and seen as much as I've seen and say, we have reached our greatness. We have not. We,
3: especially this- have-
1: yes, we have to say we can do better. <laughs> we have to say we have more potential to be better and help everybody here reach their potential. I know people say, well, you're not being very patriotic. I am. I am the height of patriotism when you admit that you can do better and be better and take care of the citizens here better. We have a bucket load of money that, to do things with. It's all choices, and it all starts with who we put there, the government we deserve.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, November 3rd, vote, and if you get your ballots earlier, vote early.
1: Vote early vote, exercise your right, do not abdicate the best and biggest gift you have as a citizen, which is vote, vote, vote. Because here's the thing, and
2: everybody knows I'm not really a big fan of Trump, but here's the thing, like, <laughs> really, yeah, <I> know, <laughs> it's hard to figure out, right? But it's like, right now, like it's, it's crazy to me, because I, I've never, I've never imagined in my lifetime that this country would really be, fo- we would be voting for their own democracy.
1: Yeah, that we'd be fighting for democracy.
2: We're fighting for our own democracy people. So like yeah. this, this yeah. is a very crucial election. You guys don't, you guys, we took it for granted in 2016 because everyone was like, oh, well, the polls they are going to win. It's like the polls are, are in favor of Biden this year too. But it doesn't mean anything if you don't show up and vote.
1: How do, you guys, how do you guys feel about some of the things that are going on with our government where the rule of law is questioned, right? Now, yeah, folks, some of our laws are crazy and they're biased. and they're And the enforcement, obviously, is biased in a number of areas, but there's 330 million people in this country. And so you have to have the basic rule of law to afford everybody the freedoms that we have. Can't get around that. If we had no laws, I I can't even tell you what would be happening. But when you look at some of the things that are happening with government where the basic precedent of law is being violated, some of the things that are going on with suppression of information and the government not answering subpoenas to Congress to go say why they did what they did. And just just basically say, no, nah, we don't play by those rules. We're not playing by any of the rules that are set up here. We're just going to make our own. How, how does that make you guys feel? You're Joe younger Joe than first. me.
2: May I go first, Jojo? Yeah, go ahead. Because I got a lot to say on this one. So, I, I laugh. I laugh every time I, I um I got into an argument with a couple of people before the uh, 2016 election happened. Cause they're like, oh Hillary is this dictator, Hillary is this she's gonna she's gonna kill democracy, she's gonna kill all of this. And they're like looking at Trump as this uh like this. This figure of, of like freedom, like to drain the swamp. And I'm like, what makes <laughs> you think that? Like what makes you think that this is gonna happen? And the reasonings were always like they never had any good reasons to defend it. And I remember one particularly one individual who would not leave me alone when it came to this. And she just kept on badgering me. She's like, How dare you vote for Hillary? How dare you should vote for a democracy? And then Fast forward three, four years later, that's what we're fighting for. The same things that she was, it's become, and I'm gonna say it outright, the Trump, Trump and Republicans have become a cult. Mm. Like, and, and I know that there's, I know some Republicans out there too, like some of my friends are Republicans and they agree with me. They're the ones that told me, hey. yeah. It's, yeah. a, it's a cult it's not even the republican party anymore look at what happened at the republican national convention half of them were were trump family members yeah 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 like it's it's not even like they're saying we're more than like the republican party is is done as we know it because all it is is just trump like it's yeah. trump has engulfed it so yeah. it's one of those things where like i i, I look at the the. I look at what's going on. I, I look at the Democrats and Democrats aren't perfect either. I'm not I'm not gonna no, take it. Sure, no. No, they're they're not perfect. Like I mean, I've said it before on this podcast and I'll say it again. Biden was not my first choice, but you bet your ass and I'd be voting for him over this guy. Oh
3: yeah, yeah.
2: And it's one of those things where No like, question. But you start seeing the people and it's gotten to the point where Trump just like he's he's not even a republican himself he's an authoritarian yeah so when it comes to like democracy when it comes to all of those laws he doesn't give a rat's ass about he wants to break it down because and that's one of the reasons why he's doing the vote by mail thing because he, he realized the more and he's even said it himself he said it during the summer he goes here's the thing if we let more people vote if we do universal mail in voting that's that means that more people vote and if we do that Republicans will never take a post in office again.
1: Yeah. Well, and I
3: don't,
1: regardless of party. Yeah. I, I have a hard time with the basic lack of human decency and kindness. Where you make fun of somebody in a wheelchair, or you make fun of somebody with a disability, or you make fun of somebody for some just unkind reason. Now, I used to say my my president doesn't need to be my moral compass my president doesn't need to do that they need to focus on governance they don't need to tell me morally what to do i have changed that position under this presidency yeah because i think the the office requires a certain amount of comportment and leadership and integrity and 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 it's such a contrast to me when i see good people defending bad behavior
2: yeah
1: right when they make excuses for someone who is mean spirited in attacking his fellow citizens regardless of party take that away Yeah. Take I don't- You you could be from the party, uh, any party. I don't understand how we can make these excuses for this just inhumane treatment of other people. And people, the, the excuses are, well, he's just thinking out loud. Or you can't really listen to what he says. You have to look at what he does. And I'm like, stop that. (laughs)
3: <laughs> like he he's the make, president
1: of the, of the United States stop treating him like he's 5 and he had a lapse a momentary lapse of judgment and threw a tantrum he's the president
2: he's suppo- he's a leader of the free world he's supposed to be leading he's How
1: can you back. how can you make excuses for the fact that he has just publicly humiliated a disabled person during a press conference really
2: or so how can, saying, and also another one how can you how can you how can you, knowing that you're a draft dodger and you dodged a draft like five times, attack someone who was a prisoner of war and say, Oh, he's I don't like my war heroes to be captured? That's
1: right. I mean, all of these things, there's 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 probably a thousand examples over the last three years of these statements, regardless of party. It yeah. is a it is a direct reflection of what the person is thinking in my mind and when you defend that behavior it is a direct reflection of you so i i know good people i mean they live their lives with integrity and and do the best they can i mean i think everybody wakes up every day trying to do the best they can and joseph and i have had this conversation because i know people that are ranting about trump but i say you know what You can't get mad at a clown for being a clown. You can't get mad at a dog for being a dog. We elected this guy. He's no different the day we elected him than he is today. Right? There's not, he hasn't grown into the job. He's still the same guy, still spewing mean stuff and talking garbage and making lies. You know, clearly, he lies.
2: Yeah, look at what happened with the coronavirus. He knew about it, he knew about it back in February
3: regardless knew, of party
2: and he knew he knew about it then and he could he's like he said that he knew that it was an issue he, he knew that it was a, a different illness and that it was more severe and more deadlier than the flu and probably he's admitting this and he he hides from it and then he goes oh I don't want people to panic it's like dude all you've created is panic look at what's happening in the country right now like this well, is the, and, and, all of him
1: and there's so many examples and I just think I just don't understand how we can, we can, as a anybody here can defend the behavior, can defend the behavior. I don't care if he was a Democrat a Republican, I don't care. That's not the point. The point is the character of the person in the office. Now, I I have people that say to me, I'm voting party not voting the person in i'm voting the party plank not the person but your party is becoming that person yes right your party is becoming that person so i pose that as a question i pose it as a question i don't understand that i could not defend that behavior
2: i can't either if i
1: and i'm an independent i'm an independent i have voted in my lifetime both parties I look at the issues I care about, I do my homework, I get as much information as I can, and I vote my conscience. So I, I'm not driven by a party line. And like I said, at one time, it was under when Clinton was going through what he was going through, I don't need my president to be my moral compass. I don't need them to determine my, F, my ethical behavior. I'm capable of reasoning that myself. And I've changed that position. Because now I look and I go, well, you have to, you have to want more than that in your presidency. You, you know, draining the swamp was a great slogan, but you look at what's going on and all of these people turning a blind eye to all this lying and all this craziness. Yeah. And you go, drain the swamp. You are living in the swamp.
2: He is the swamp. So let's hear, yeah. you, let's hear what you got to say. Jojo, I heard, I, I saw you.
0: Um. Well, uh, my thoughts on that are um, quite similar to Denise's um, as far as it doesn't matter what party you stand with. Let's, let's just say he was a Democrat and he was doing everything for Democrats, right? Let's, let's flip it here. And if, I, if he
2: did that, I'd still be calling him out because I still think he, because it's, it's the character that bothers me. Oh, yeah. Like, I would uh,
1: w- st- definitely yeah. still be calling him out.
0: Yeah, I'd still be calling him out. Regardless of what party you know he's in, um, I I agree with you. I think that's that's our problem as a country is that um, we draw the line with which party we want to go with, and we're not thinking of the president being a representation of our country to the rest of the world. Um, and this goes to your point of bad behavior, where regardless of what party he is you got to admit that his character is tremendously flawed and as a country we should not we should we should not want that to represent us to the rest of the world and we need to be a little more careful well a lot more careful about who we are selecting to represent each party and then from then on representing the country as a whole to the rest of the world that that matters, right? There's, there's, there's little kids that watch this and think they could be the president of the United States. And that's our president right now.
1: Yeah, I could grow up to be president.
0: Right? Um, It's, it's not, it's a bad example. and, And I'll give you this example. I'm the oldest of five boys, right? I was always told that my actions would steer my brother's character. right in my character and that was very true when I was younger I didn't realize that um so I made a lot of mistakes unfortunately and I my brothers suffer the consequences of that because I see in them um going down those bad paths that I that I did and once I seen that that completely changed my mentality on things and then I had to start going in the opposite direction Um, And with, with time, I've been able to steer my brothers away from that, and now they're doing very well, a lot better. But in order to make that happen, I had to have better character and integrity and morale myself. So now put it in the perspective of the country. The country are my little brothers, and I'm President Trump. I am the big brother, right? I am the one who needs to be setting the example for the rest of the country. That is my point with that. So we need to do a better job of, of electing better candidates for whatever party. And then from there, looking at each, each person's, um, each person's uh, views on certain topics that matter to you and electing the overall best candidate for president of the United States. So that's what I believe. Dude, you just yeah, good perfectly point.
1: Perfectly. Nice out. summary.
0: I love the uh, he the
2: the big brother the big brother analogy. Yeah,
1: that's a great a great analogy. Nice summary. Now, I think we're gonna start wrapping up.
0: Is that? Yeah, I think so. I uh, think we're, I, I, about, we're I, about to
2: start. We're about to start doing that. But I do want to. I do want to say that um, this was quite the uh, conversation that we've had, you guys. Um, I really. I think that we're going to have to cut this one in half and release two episodes and that'll, that'll be cool me. (laughs) Good. So that's going to be fun. Um, I, I actually really enjoyed this conversation. It was something that we all have to really face. You know, we have to, having a difficult conversation is something that a lot of people are trying to avoid. And I think that this is something Joe and I have, have done episodes like this in the past, but thank you for joining us, Denise. And, you know that you know that we love you so
1: i know you're welcome do you guys have anything any other questions for me or anything you need for me before we uh we wrap it up
0: um i do you know what um i think uh, if we could just touch on it a little bit about the last thing we spoke about um police officers in our in our current social climate i i just like to add that one of my younger brothers just graduated um, from, uh, from college with a criminal justice degree. He wants to be a police officer because he wants to make some positive change. Obviously, since he's my brother, he's somebody of color. Um, but honestly, it really doesn't matter what color you are. You could be white or whatever. It doesn't really matter as long as you have like what we talked about, good integrity, good morale, good character, and you want to help the community as a whole. Not, not a section or a factor of the community that you happen to favor but the entire community, right? That's what a police officer is supposed to do. I've also, over all the years of me being a trainer, I've had multiple sheriffs, deputies, police officers. I've trained them and they are good people. They are a lot of good police officers out there. The only reason I want to make sure I say that is because we had an episode way back when I kind of went in on them um, as far as the social climate. However, I did say that I do believe most police officers are good police officers, but it bothers me that if that is the case, then those good police officers need to stop backing up the bad ones, Mm -hmm. call them out and get them off the force because they are making, they are making all the police officers look bad. And that's not something that, that, that we need to have in our community. Our community needs to know that those police officers are here for us to protect and serve us. And when I say us, I mean, people of all backgrounds, all Americans that are here in this country. And he, you, you know what? Even if, you know, even undocumented immigrants, because they're still people. There's there should be a humanitarian um, uh, cause and case to that. You know, you want to yeah. protect people and help them out with within. Well, our I, communities.
1: I'd like to see our police departments make a very strong effort to represent the community demographics right if you have a mixed diverse group of people in your community shouldn't your policing represent that agreed I mean and I think we have to work to that I don't think it's as easy as talking about it because you have to encourage people to want to become police and I to to your thought I also think that policing a society has to evolve Mm-hmm. we're still doing things that we were doing in nineteen fifty right i mean it, there's an evolution to everything people are you know people become more educated people become more there's more technology there's a lot of other things that create an evolution in any career
3: mm-hmm.
1: you know so so i don't know I would like to see our police forces representing the community and growing into the job as as we evolve as you know there's a lot of things to be done there that's the only comment i have
0: on on that uh mondo
2: i think um, as far as as far as the cops go as far as police officers go i think they do need to call out the bad officers, and I and I've we've been vocal about this in the past. I was in uh, the the episode is in the archives, and we've talked about this. It's just sad that it keeps happening too. You now, I think um, I really do think that they need to raise their standards as far as what they're what they're letting into the the force. <laughs> but I do also feel that there is. I don't know if the funding the police is the, right, is, is the right move, but I do think they need to get stricter and they need to raise their standards as far as who they hire and who they let in.
1: Not everybody is psychologically set up to be a cop. Yeah. They, we take, don't, I don't know how, I, I've never been through that training, so I don't know. I don't know if they do psychological evaluation or if you just pass all the physical stuff and you're in. I can't really speak to that, but I do know that there are people that just aren't cut out to be that and do that. You know, clearly I
0: agree. I think uh I think it takes a special type of person. Um, like you were mentioning, uh we need a we need to diversify uh police force a little bit more. Um I happen to know a lot of police officers from a lot of different backgrounds, white, black, Hispanic, Asian, um you you, you name it from a lot of different backgrounds. Um, and, uh, and and with that being said, I think um, what I've noticed about each and every one of them, um, from my experience with them, is that they are de-escalation first. You know, they, they, they want to talk to the person, calm things down. Now, completely understand, not every, you can't calm and deescalate every situation, for sure. So, yeah, but I think, I think that, it, that is a case by case scenario situation. Um, but that's one thing I've noticed about them. They're, they're educated, they're calm people. They actually wanna help our communities and service our communities and protect people, people in general, no matter what your background is. And I think it takes a special kind of person to have that. If you're somebody who's quick to anger, um, who doesn't like to deal with people, uh, who doesn't have patience and any one of these, you know, traits I can c- continue to go down, um, on, but if you don't have, if you don't have those things, then you shouldn't be a police officer. You shouldn't even consider the job. Cause it's not, yeah. it's not a, let me strong arm you and follow the law. That's not the kind of job it should be. And the thing that also
3: comes
2: into it is that being a police officer, a lot of these situations are going to be high, high intensity situations. There's going to be a lot of, uh, people are going to be high strung emotionally. People are going to, and no one's going to be calm emotionally. It's not going to be like, Oh, Hey man, how are you doing? Can I rescue today? It's not going to be like that. It's not going to, it's going to be like everyone's going to be on their toes. Everyone's going to be defensive. It's going to, it's not going to take much to agitate either, either or. Right the person who's a suspect or the person or the cop it's not going to take much to agitate them they're going to be quick to react because that's what the situation calls for a lot of times so i think a lot of people don't really have that um what's the the psyche to do that to handle it
1: yeah that's that's my observation i i i've never really had a lot of Personal dealings with tense situations in the cops. Um, you know, I, I've done some crazy stuff in my younger days and probably got away with more than I should have uh, as far as lifestyle. But, um, you know, I would, it would not be an easy time to be a cop. You, you, you have a, you know, in, in a lot of places right now you have as big of a target on your back as some of the citizens also feel they have. I mean, it's just, the tension is thick, the defund the police movement. um, Sadly, that as a slogan is incendiary. I, you know, that just makes people afraid or militant, whatever side you're on. And that's not really what we are trying to do. Nobody who is living in any type of society today would say, well, we got to get rid of all the cops. That's not going to happen. So you reallocate money. So that as a slogan, I think, is misleading. I have a personal story about a bunch of um, officers showing up for me when my car, I had a car stolen the car was gone the guy was gone i didn't even know it was stolen until the more you know stolen in the middle of the night and the next day so nothing was going on but i had three sheriffs show up to take my report and i mean i was grateful they were there but i didn't even need a sheriff there was nothing going on anybody could have take took the report you know and so i think there's just things that money could be saved and money could be spent differently in communities reaching out and doing things because like I say, no kid wants to grow up and be a thug, right? Nobody wants to right, nobody wants that. That's just that's garbage talk. Everybody wanna kinda live a a decent life and have the opportunity to live a decent life. So we spend a lot of money on arresting and incarcerating people. I think that could be spent eliminating and preventing Mm -hmm. and so so uh, anyway my comment is about the whole defund the police slogan and i think it's misleading yeah it is
0: um defunding you know what i thought the same thing because i i didn't agree with that um i was in my head i had reform police right that's what i was thinking right
1: right Yeah.
0: Reforming. Right. uh, Different uh, training tactics, um, uh, coaching them differently on how to handle those situations. And, you know, like you said, police officers do have a very difficult job. They are expected to do everything right. They go, they get called when there is somebody with a mental health issue and has a knife in their hand and people think it's a dangerous person, but they got a mental health issue. The police get called where where you, in actuality, should call somebody more like a psychiatrist or psychologist to help them out with that. Right with maybe a couple of police officers to make sure that person doesn't get hurt. Right. Yeah, But, yeah. but we need to have, we need that. That's where I uh, the reallocation of money needs to go to things like that programs mm-hmm. like that um, to deal with d- different situations where the police officers maybe aren't that well-trained, aren't that well-educated on those specific mm-hmm. things. They should not be dealing with those types of situations or yeah. those types of people. So defunding the police is a misleading slogan. It really means police reform. Um, And I'm all for that. Cause also I don't think that uh, for the most part, sure there are small instances where police officers go into very dangerous situations where there are actual criminals trying to hurt them and, and take their lives. For the most part, they're dealing with regular people. So they don't need all these military gear and tanks and all this, you know, and all this shit—they really don't need that. Why? Yeah. Why do you need that to go against civilians? with the majority were are good people. A very small percentage of people are actual criminals trying to hurt the police, right? So, yeah. definitely reallocating money to to create different programs, retraining, reforming, reforming um, how we police uh, our communities. That's what I believe. Now, how do yeah. how do we, how do we do that? I'm not quite sure. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not the the master planner on that, but. Well, there's a, lot,
1: there's a lot of people tossing that question around right now. Mm. You know, once again, vote. Well, because vote. the people that are going to decide how that happens are, are the ones who are going to come into office. I don't think, I think it's going to be, it needs to be talked about at a national level, not just a regional level. Agreed. I mean, the problems that we're having today and the perceptions are all over the country. I don't care where you live right now. Um, everybody is witness to this opportunity in this country to ch- to change something.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: So you know, I think it'll start. This one needs to start at the top, and you pretty much know the guy who's in there what he thinks. Yeah. You know his position. You know what you get when you when you when you vote that way. You know what you're getting.
3: It's not exactly helping. Uh, what it is, so it's,
2: well, and you if, if it's... you
1: if you're driven by fear and white supremacy and uh you know might is right then that's where you're gonna vote you're gonna go there you know i mean that's clearly that's his position he's very he's very uh law and order as it's as it's convenient as it's convenient for his constituents right the people that are
2: supporting. I think that's funny, though. I was like, this is what will happen in Biden's America. I'm like, dude, you're the one that's running the country. So Yeah. you're definitely helping yourself on that.
1: Well, I, I don't know. I can, on that, just that, that's a whole button for me. Of citizenry, we all have an obligation to do our homework. Yes. If you, I, really, if you really spend some time understanding Joe Biden, he's not a perfect man by any stretch. But he is a very decent man. If you don't just go to Fox News and don't go just to CNN, but you do your homework. Has he always voted, you know, has he made mistakes sure, has he always voted the way you probably wanted him to in the Senate? No. But when you look at the respect of his colleagues that they have for him, people who have worked for him and with him and around him, uh you have to say that his decency is evident. And yeah. some of the things that are being slung about him also lead you there because you say, that's what you got? You know, that's all you got about the guy? Okay. Or do your fact <clears throat> checking. I implore everybody to do their own fact checking. And everybody, put... There's lies being tossed around all over the place.
2: But another thing that's also happening too is also it kind of similar to what happened with Reagan and Carter. Jimmy Carter was like, oh, he's too old, he's too this, he's too that, and then. But what ended up happening was he lowered the standard of what to expect for Reagan. Yeah. Reagan just Reagan just showed up and he he dominated.
1: Well, I I don't know. I think Carter was a decent man as well. I think Reagan uh, had. Intent was in his intentions were decent. I think he wanted to do a good job. I don't think either one of those guys were in it for personal gain.
3: Yeah.
1: Right. I mean, there's a different, totally different standard now. Totally different. Uh, you don't know. You don't know how much personal gain is happening because it's all shrouded in secrecy. The whole I'm not releasing my tax returns. I'm, you know, I'm going to tie this up in the Supreme Court forever. I don't want anything to be known about me financially. When every other president before you was transparent, leads me to believe you're hiding something. Yes. Right? What are you hiding? And, and, and once again, you have good people defending that. Saying, well, we don't need to know. It's his right. Who knows? It's scapegoats. Everybody's out to get them. It's a witch hunt. And the witch hunt. Show your stuff. It's over. Game over. Show what you got. If you have nothing to hide, show it. We move on.
2: That's all you got to do. And it's, it's that simple. And you know, I, I think that um, he's definitely hiding something. Because uh, you wouldn't put that much effort into avoiding tax, showing your tax returns if you, were, if you weren't hiding something.
1: Well, yeah, if every other president before you divulged their tax returns, it's not like they're going after him to do that and they ha- and nobody else has done it. I mean, wasn't it, and
2: it also, wasn't it his idea to have uh, Obama show his uh, birth certificate? Sure. There you go. So, I mean, sure.
1: I mean, I mean it's, a, it's convenient disclosure. So I just don't know. Once again, content of character, regardless of party, why wouldn't you? What are you hiding? And I don't understand how people defend that. I, I, don't, I truly I don't, don't. I don't know don't. how, whatever party you are, you say, it's okay. Back to the rule of law and, and precedence and and decency. I don't want my personal, and this is no news to you, but I don't want somebody who's making laws for all of us and signing laws and has executive privilege and can do whatever they want basically up there. I don't want somebody who is shrouded in secrecy doing that. Yes. I don't want somebody who has all of his cronies standing in front of him protecting him in a wall of silence doing that.
2: Not to mention that a lot of his cronies are also have also been indicted or or serving time already
1: yeah that's true there's no truth there's truth to that and i don't know how you ignore that i don't know how you ignore this person's whole circle that is getting indicted or questioned or arrested or pardoned uh so much in one presidency how do you how do you turn your head to that and say that's okay after a while
3: it becomes
2: cognitive dissonance and that's like when you know deep down something's wrong, but you you justify it, you, you find some way to justify it.
1: Well, okay, look at it this way. I'm gonna drain the swamp because all my buddies are going to jail? Really? Yeah. <laughs> the only way the str- the swamp's getting drained is because people are getting busted and, and sent to jail. I mean, I don't know. If there's anything that you could take from this episode,
2: ladies and gentlemen. <laughs>
1: <laughs> vote. Vote. vote we're passionate about voting you have a right that
2: has been literal. there's been a lot of sacrifice to get it yeah and Now it's gotten to the point where a lot of us have taken it for granted
3: yeah it's yeah. it's,
2: it's literally it's literally on our all of our futures to to vote this no this uh, year that's
1: right that's right we get the government we deserve we get the government we deserve vote And if you know people, tell them to vote. And if you know people in other states, tell them to vote. Just get the
2: battleground states. So it's like, you guys just uh, really, and it's not, and like I said, and like we said, it's not even a party thing. It's not, oh, he's a Republican. That's the reason why we're the slightest.
1: I want Republicans to vote too. I hate, I I almost get like a, uh, a twitch in my back when I say that. But. I want everybody to vote. It is our right, it is our job, it is our responsibility to intelligently look at the candidates and the issues. Don't just vote your party, use your brain, look at your own positions on things and your own conscience. Don't just say I'm voting my party. Do your homework and vote. It is our responsibility.
2: And not to mention right now, we we need to vote for a situation that's going to best serve us right now. We have, the because the current leadership doesn't believe in climate change, and there's a lot of evidence of climate change right now. Just look at the West Coast. We're literally on fire right now. Yeah. And right now, it's, and, they, and the majority of the people in government don't want to, The money that we pay, the the taxes that we pay, they don't want to give us to support us. So this is something that you really need to think about right now.
1: Um, Yeah. Don't be (laughs) afraid of science. Don't be be afraid (laughs) afraid of science. Don't be afraid of science, please. These people did not spend half of their adult lives studying all the things they've studied so that they could lie to you. They want you to have the truth.
2: And not to mention right now, the best thing don't go after the misinformation right now we this this year we have gotten a lot of misinformation, so we need to really be conscious of that. Facebook,
1: somebody, Twitter, and Instagram is not news, and it's not research. No, you are not doing your homework
2: and <laughs> I am guilty of uh of giving my opinion on the social media, and I will continue to do that. But I will say this, you guys um, really do your homework and really put some thought into your vote because right now we need it. And it's not, and here's the thing for those who also have and to address something that we talked about earlier, for those who say, oh, well, it doesn't affect me, so I can't think about it. Well, this does affect you. It may not affect you right now. But the thing is, truth is it's going to affect you when it comes down to it. Because here's the thing, last year, Last year at this point in time, nobody was thinking about anything like this. Nobody was thinking, of, oh, hey, we're going to be out of work because we're shut down. Nobody was thinking that at all. Yeah. And you guys were like, oh, that's not going to affect me, so why should I do that? Now we're in a position where we can't go back to work because if we do, we're going to be breaking the law.
1: Well, and that's all part of being good citizenry. It may not affect you, it may affect your neighbor, your grandmother, some person across a different state. It will affect your country. There is an effect to your country. Get out of your me and mine and do the right thing.
2: And what we've learned is you may think that it may not happen, but everything is possible. Look at 2020.
1: Yeah, well, you're right about that. But we still here and we still talking. And we're still trying to get everything going and do the right thing. And so everybody who's gonna watch this podcast, you know, you all doing the best you can out there. And I appreciate you. I respect that. You're gonna listen to this. And I know nobody wakes up in the morning go, going, I just wanna have the worst day ever. Nobody. So, you know, take care of yourselves out there and, and, and know that uh, we are in it together. These guys are putting this podcast together because we all in it together. We all want things to get better and be better. And we want to be better.
2: See, Joe and I like to talk smack and everything like that. We, <clears throat> that's what I do, you know. I, I mean, talking shit is like, <laughs> it's like breathing to me, you know. And I said to Joe one day, I said, hey, Joe, I got an idea. Let's have a podcast. And he said, yes. <laughs> he not know how to do it. And then we, fi- then we finally get shut down, and then I, I get a computer, and we finally start this shit up. <laughs> and, <I'm sitting> <laughs> and,
3: and he said, what yes.
2: And <laughs> I said, no. And then my ideal came, came, onto, came to life.
1: Oh, that's funny. And, I have,
2: and now we have the Adapt Session going on.
1: Well, guys, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to uh, wrap it up.
2: Oh, of course we're going to have to wrap it up. So
1: We had a long talk today.
2: We did, and this is going to be broke. And, and you know what? I'm going to say this, Denise, this will not be the last time we have you on. Thank you for joining us. Yes, we love <laughs> you. And Joe,
3: okay.
2: anything else you want to say, my man?
0: Not that. Just want to say thank you, Denise, for coming on. Uh, that was as insightful and entertaining and fun as I thought it was going to be. Um, and I'm glad you, you were able to bring your perspective onto the show. And I'm hoping that everybody out there who listens to this and watches this show gets a lot out of it. We're basically just saying um, take everything with a grain of salt and learn to look at both sides of the coin. So on that note, we'll see you all later, team. Thank you.
2: Make it saucy,
0: you guys. Take care.